Ah, let's play a game. the smartest kid in the Special Olympics. I know it's an old joke, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. So how's it been going, man? Good, man. It's been, uh, it's been busy trying to balance kiddo work, football, video games, working out, me time. Yeah, no doubt, dude. Sleeping, but uh, I just got a brand new uh, projector installed at school that has HDMI hookups, so... I think uh, my prep periods are going to become video game relaxation periods oh, uh, nice. in the near future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's so awesome. that, uh, that's going to help. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel you. It's been, this has just been the worst month ever, man. It's, uh, it's been just, well, just full disclosure, like, um, you know, we're, we're supposed to be doing skies, right? And uh, this for the audience, too. I went ahead and started recording. But, um, you know, I started off in the month. Of, I was quite a bit ahead of you on the game. So I was like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna set it down for a while, maybe let you catch up a little bit. And then in the middle of the month, we had all those storms come through Texas and Florida. And uh, that's where a lot of our bakeries, you know, I work for a, a pretty major bakery company, uh, Flowers Foods. And a lot of our bakeries were underwater or hit pretty badly and shut down for a number of weeks. And then other bakeries here in my state and in Oklahoma and etc. We all had to kind of uh, make up for it. And so they were all working 24 hours a day. And my schedule was all, you know, you use an expletive fucked up. And uh, yeah, so I've just been kind of living at work and working really, really odd hours. And so it just became more or less like, well, I'm not going to get any more of this game uh, done. But we're, we're still going to give a synopsis of the storyline at the end of this. But I thought you and I could just, you know, to get something out there, James. I thought maybe we should record and just talk about this and that and the other thing, you know. Yeah. You still there? That sounds fantastic. I guess so. Have you been doing anything video game related lately? Or? You know, um, I've been playing a new game on my phone, Guns of Boom. Have you played that at all? No, I haven't even heard of it. Uh, it's a first-person um, MMO, or not really MMO, full multiplayer, but or multiplayer online, four versus four. And each round lasts five minutes, so it's perfect when you're Don't you know, in the bathroom taking care of business. Just <laughs> quick little round. Although it's it's one of those like you know you got to pay to play after a while to upgrade yeah. your stuff. And in the beginning, it's kind of even. But where I am now, I'm like level seven, and you kind of get to get a sense of the people that you know dumped five, ten, fifteen dollars into it to upgrade their equipment, and you know none of my stuff works anymore, and I'm getting blasted. So. I think uh, it's run its course, and I'll probably slow down my play here. You see, pretty I, soon. 
I have a, what, what do you call it, a indulgent personality or whatever. When it comes to games like that, like, I know to stay away from them from way back in the day. I played uh, Final Fantasy XI, which was an online mm-hmm. game, you know. And this predates, you know, the microtransaction, but I think games like this and WoW... Um, created the microtransaction because if you remember back then it's kind of hard to put your mind uh to to it now especially for our younger uh audience that probably never dealt with you know the early 2000s and before of gaming and the infancy of online gaming um the idea of paying for like a, a magic fake currency with real money was ludicrous at first you know and when I'm when I'm playing the game on Final Fantasy XI at first, and like I kept seeing myself fall behind faster and faster, even though you know I started playing the game uh, pretty early. You know I started playing on PC before they released it to the PlayStation Two and etc. And um, yeah, I, I just kept falling faster and faster behind. And then I learned about Chinese guild sellers and and like everyone, you know, a bunch of my friends were playing at the time. And they were like, you know, you can get online and you can just buy a million gill. And here my stupid ass was, you know, farming tiger pelts and uh, and stuff like that, you know. And I'd be literally like working at eight hours a day to make like 100K or I could pay like 20 bucks. Some guy I'd never met in China and I could get a million dollars instantly. And it was like, well, it, you know, time is worth money and it became quickly evident that was the way i needed to go and yeah i I don't know how much i spent on final fantasy 11 probably if i'm being honest a couple hundred bucks i mean um it wasn't wasn't a small amount of money but here this past gosh i I guess i've almost been playing it two years now i play on uh, my phone uh, summoner's war and you know, my wife got me into the game, and then I discovered that one of my friends locally, uh, his, his name's Dakota, uh, played the game. And when we first started talking, uh, you know, I was like, "Man, your your characters are all like super high level, and you're doing really great. Uh, what's your secret?" And he's, "Oh, you know, I've I've spent a bit of money." Uh, like, uh, "Well, how much did you spend? A hundred bucks? Two hundred bucks?" And he was like, "Give me the thumbs up." Like, "No, a little bit more than that. A little bit more, you know." And uh, I said, a uh, thousand? He's like, that's a little closer. And I was like, man, that's crazy. And now two years that's have insane. gone by. Yeah, I know, for a phone game. And now two years have gone by, and <clears throat> I'm not, I, I don't think I've spent a thousand. Uh, but I look on my monthly bill, you know, and I spend probably anywhere from 30 to like $80 a month on this game. So maybe it is. You know, I've been playing a few years. Just buying packs and upgrades and stuff and yeah all my characters are pretty well insane but i'm still on like the lower end of the top tier players you know there's easily you know 10,000 20,000 players even that play the game that are you know higher ranked than i am uh but but i don't know man like i said i've got one of those personalities where it's like once i start something it's like i can't stop i've been trying to slow down on uh spending money on summoners war because it's it's insane it's going to a game that, uh, you know, I do spend a lot of time on it, so I feel like in that sense it's worth it. If I'm paying 80 bucks a month on it, at most, but then I, uh, I'm i spending, you know, all my free time on it. Because I play it at work usually a couple hours a day. A lot of the time while I'm unloading trucks, I'm running dungeons and doing things like that. and So I'm really, I'm playing, you know, six, eight hours every day. 
even if I'm not actively playing, I'm doing like the automated stuff and everything in the background. So to me, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of justifiable, but kind of not. It's, it's still kind of ludicrous too to spend that amount of money. But, uh, the amount of hours I get from it, when you break it down, it's, you know, pennies, pennies on the dollar. So I don't know. Yeah, I can see like you know spending like maybe seventy, eighty bucks on a game, like the, mo- the amount you go into a GameStop and buy like a brand right. new game for. Like, gosh, thousand. Yeah. It's, uh, well, it it's adds up, though, so, man. It adds up. It adds up. And yeah, it, I guess if you're playing the same game, I mean, if you, I guess if you bought like one game a month, which is you know what I used to do, right? That's a uh, seventy, you know, sixty, seventy bucks a month. So if that's what you're. That's your jam. That's your jam. What What do you got going on over there that you're causing all the ruckus? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm uh, You're right. We're recording now, aren't we? Sometimes <laughs> when I when I come into my office, I start wanting to multitask and pay bills and stuff. I will uh, go into recording mode. There we go. <laughs> right. um, like you were sorting a CD collection or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, my mistake. I forgot. I was, let me get myself in my proper seat, my proper position, and oh, it's all okay. Good. It's all good. I just <laughs> wanted to know what was going on because I was like, I'm gonna have to edit all of this out. I'm this is nuts. Paying my uh, my license, renewing my license for the DMV. Oh yeah. That's yeah, not like fun. Money. Yeah, but uh, but it's all done now. Okay. So, anyways, anyways, what yeah. else is going on with you? Well, I was gonna just say because of all these extra hours I've been putting in lately, you know, my checks have been a little bit better. I've been able to catch up on a few things and uh, buy some extra video games as well. I've been uh, picking up a lot of titles for the Sega CD because uh, I'm, I'm really close to completing that system. I'm down to right around 20 titles to be just completely done with it. Unfortunately, within the last five years or so, uh, it and virtually every other system from our childhood, uh, even the ones that were like cheap before, like Genesis was a real cheap system, Dreamcast was a real cheap system, Collect 4, GameCube, all that stuff has jumped up to like these like crazy levels because everybody is collecting video games these days. It's it's really booming. And so, whereas five years ago, I kept putting the last, uh, back then it was maybe closer to 30 or 40 titles to finish the Sega CD, and I kept putting it off because there was only one or two that were like really really high dollar like a hundred or more dollars at the time that i still needed to uh pick up because i got all the big big ones out of the way early thank god uh but a lot of these titles are like that were five dollars or like twenty dollars now and then like a lot of the twenty dollar titles are like fifty to a hundred dollars now so it's it's kind of been challenging and then on top of it uh i've learned and i've learned this in the past I'm, i'm real bad about this uh that i'm I'm lazy when I go to order things offline. That's part of why I uh, I much prefer to buy things in person to see the physical product because I have a tendency if I go on eBay or Amazon and they use a photo, uh, I don't read the description. I just go, oh, that that looks right. That's got its manual. That's got its whatever. And here a couple weeks ago, I ordered two titles for the Sega CD. I didn't have a copy of Soul Feast, and I found one for like three bucks, and it had a picture of it complete there. And I was like, okay, this is good to go. Ordered it, and then uh, much harder to find a copy of Compton's Interactive Encyclopedia, which, I mean, as fun as that sounds, obviously it wasn't a big, big seller, you know. So uh, kind of hard to find as well, although it's still 
it's still only like a $30 game, but, you know, $30 for a garbage encyclopedia, but still, it's quote-unquote one of the games. Um, so I found two copies, or those two copies, on Amazon. I picked them up both for under $30. I felt like I did pretty good. And then uh, the first one, Sophie's, came in, and it was just in like a generic-ass cd thing and uh, boy i mean i got red in the face and i was about to fucking you know like get on that person's account and like slam them and shit mm-hmm. and then uh i actually read the description and he said even though he had a picture of it fucking complete it uh it said you know uh generic case no manual and i was like oh well i guess i probably should have read that a little misleading i see a lot of people doing this shit and it's it's because ebay and amazon let you do it they have stock photos of items and you can just use it uh, you really got to watch that anyone uh listening that's a collector i'm sure you're already run into this but anyone new getting into collecting uh, don't go by the fucking photo because the photo is misleading it could be just something off their website that they're using or they grabbed it off the web or whatever like that unless they specifically said item as is in the photo and this is something i should have learned because this is like the 50th time this has happened to me um yeah just uh, be sure to read that description and furthermore, uh, the Compton's Encyclopedia game, also it said, uh, it said complete in box, and I was like, okay, cool, and immediately just was like 19 bucks was a great price for it, and I hit buy it now or whatever, and didn't think twice about it, and then when uh, the one came in first, I thought I better check the description on the other one, and sure as shit, it says complete in box, missing manual, so it came in, and now I've got... Uh, now I've got to try and track down a manual for a 22-year-old rare game. Uh, I may just end up buying another one or something like that. I don't know. I don't know, James. And then then today I was out running around with a kiddo, and we went by. I don't know if you have them, but there's a place called Savers. You you got that in Cali? Negative. Oh, okay. Well, Savers is basically like a Goodwill, right? Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, it's huge. It's like the size of like a Walmart or a Kmart or a Target or something like that. But it's it's basically a thrift store and it's all clothes and stuff. And a lot of times I find games in there for cheap. Uh, I've actually found some really good stuff in there. It's been a couple years. But, uh, you know, more recently I found like a PlayStation 2 complete in box. And I picked that up for 5 bucks. You know, even though I had a PS2, it's, it's a PlayStation 2 for $5. I'm not going to pass that up, you know. Um... Stuff like that, you know, and uh, went in there today and they just had a wall of games that they had bagged up and and I don't know where they came from, uh, but I was ecstatic to look through them because they had everything from DS titles to uh, like m- more modern systems and stuff just all bagged up and it wasn't there last week when I peeked my head in, so I was kind of glad I did. And I went through them all and there wasn't anything overly great, but I did pick up a a couple of things for 250 each a couple of Game Boy games came complete with the little plastic cases I got a Game & Watch for uh, the Game Boy Color which uh, I don't know anything about but you know I know it's got some classic games on there so I'm excited about that and it also, uh, also picked up a Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 for the Game Boy for $2.50 so yeah little additions you know I, I've, I've slowed down but um, I'm still buying a game or two a week you know trying to keep up with the collection and then like I said I'm trying to get this Sega CD thing out of the way um, another big purchase I made this path paycheck was really good I had quite a bit of overtime on it and there was this game locally for the Sega CD that was in a, a shop that's been sitting there for just like 
I don't know. It's been months, and I, and I keep I keep eyeing it because it's like a, it was. I think I paid seventy four dollars before tax for a, a single game, uh, but it's it's pretty rare. It's called Wolf Child, and what makes it rare is it's uh, Sega CD is mostly in those old um, hard case shells, but a few of them are in like those shitty cardboard boxes. And those shitty cardboard ones are much harder to find because they've fallen apart over the years, etc. You know, and people tend to throw those out over the hard mm-hmm. cases. So I saw that in there, and I know from I, I check eBay every month trying to get, uh, you know, find good deals on these games. I know that uh, Wolfchild very seldomly ever comes up on eBay. In fact, I looked it up uh the day i bought it and approximately one comes up a month complete for sale so for a local store to even have it was kind of crazy so i was like okay uh i gotta i gotta pick this up i had the extra money i went ahead and picked it up it's in great shape i was <clears throat> really happy with it but um yeah it, it it's still it's hard to justify even though i did have the extra money uh, I, I'm going to be so ecstatic when I'm done with this Sega CD. I don't know whatever pos- possessed me to think that I was a set collector. I, you know, I'm just not. <coughs> you know, I've always been. Uh, I've always been more the guy that like collects the games he wants to play. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I am. Yeah, you know, and yeah, I've got a few thousand games, but they're all, you know, mostly RPGs and fighting games and good platformers and shit that I know that I'm going to play. So. You know, to, for me to buy games like Compton's Interactive Encyclopedia, you know, it's I'm, you know, I don't even know that I'm gonna pop that in to see if it works. I I probably will one day, but it's gonna be you know years from now if I do, because I have the fucking internet on my phone, and why would I ever want to mess <laughs> around with an interface from a 20 year old system that looks like you know gutter trash? But who knows? It could be fun. Probably not. Anyway, so that's my adventures in game collecting. Uh, (laughs) I got got something else to talk about, something today that that I was like, I could talk about this on the show. It's just really, just more cute than anything. My daughter, you know, she she sees my game room, and she thinks it's a toy store, more or less. I mean, any, she just turned four, and I I would guess any four-year-old that saw this room and saw the, you know, games and and uh, manuals and stuff that are all over the place. I've got all these books that look like they're comic books, but they're actually, you know, guides for video games and such. And, um, yeah, she's always wanting to come in here and play games, and usually I try and dissuade her, or I'll, uh, she's got some games in her room, I'll try and play those. But today, Mom was out doing some errands, and it was just me and her, and I said, okay, let's go to the room. And, and we played a bunch of different games together you know i've i've got this game called jigsaw madness for the playstation it's basically jigsaw puzzles my daughter loves jigsaw puzzles so we played that for a good while and she actually was getting the hang of that and it was really cool to see but what really got me james is i put in the uh, the ultimate sonic collection the one that we used to play shining force 2 a while back and i let her play mm-hmm. 
whatever she wanted on there, and she basically played everything at some point. And the game she played the most of was Streets of Rage 3, and I couldn't have been more proud. And the whole time she's playing it, she's talking smack and stuff to the computer and stuff. Uh, She's, uh, you know, asked me who Skate was, the little black character that's wearing roller skates. Oh, his name's Skate. And she's like, oh, go, Skate, go. And she's throwing punches and stuff. And I'm like, no, you got to use the controller, baby. You know, and it was uh, fucking adorable. And it it gives me hope for the future. If that if the next five years goes the way I'm hoping, maybe I've got a little partner in crime that I can play games with, you know. And that's just it was it was just a really neat moment that just happened to happen today. So I just thought I'd mention it. Anywho's it. That's about it as far as that goes. Other than that, life has just been completely flipped upside down. You know, uh, obviously we're, we're recording this late, and. Uh, James, I, I know you didn't get very far into it yourself. You said you got about 20 hours in the skies, right? Um, Hello? I think I may have gotten about... You think you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I got you. I was in or so, but a lot of that was like garbage time of like leveling up and yeah. just you know, leaving the game on while I'm taking care of the kiddo. So probably more closer to like 14 or 15 hours of true gameplay. Right. And then, uh, yeah, 18 hours overall. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that momentarily. I've, I just, you know, for, for the listeners, if it sounds a little bit like I'm reading from a web page, it's because, well, I am. Uh, but James, you know, we can stop and we can talk about, what's going on as I read over it in the story and maybe you'll have something to mention about that time in the story or whatever like that uh, experiences you may have had Um, it's been for me at this point uh, what gosh over a month since I think I even turned it on I still have it hooked up to my television here I still have the case in front of me because I kept intending to play it but every time I got off work I'd kind of stare at it it got harder and harder to go back to uh, because, uh, as most people my age, I suffer from, if I haven't played it either in my youth or within the past 24 hours, I start to forget story bits, like, real fast. And, uh, it's, it's almost already to the point where I think I'd have to start over again. Um... Yeah, not to say this was a bad game. I was super enjoying it. And there were some very memorable parts in it. Uh, but, yeah, even so. So I don't want to disappoint anyone on that front. But, yeah, I talked to Derek and Don, and they said, Hey, you know, you've done, what, at this point, 34 episodes. Can you believe that? Crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, you've been with me for, gosh, I, I want to say you started the first year. So have we been doing this two years almost? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think we're getting close. You wait. Let me think. Let me think. It's all. I think it's almost two years. Yeah. It's wild, dude. I want to say like in April, it'll be two years. That's crazy. That is so beyond crazy because it it sure as hell doesn't seem like it. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, did you? While I'm thinking about it, did you listen to or see that I posted a link to uh, a show called The Graveyard Shift that I guested on earlier this month? I saw the link. Uh, I haven't clicked on. I haven't got into it yet. Yeah, it's it's a uh, on my queue. It's Mike and Sheldon from Playing with Power. They have another. Uh, they have another podcast they've done. It's a, it was a pretty good show. We talked about um, 
the movie Truth or Dare that I'm always trying to get everyone to watch because it's so bad it's good. It's just one of my old favorites. So just while I was thinking about it, in case I didn't plug it at the end, uh, check that out. Uh, it's called The Graveyard Shift. It might be kind of hard to find on iTunes because there is another podcast or two that come up before it. But if you kind of scroll a few down, you'll find it. Or you can go to the uh, my personal webpage or the Twitter feed, I believe. Uh, I have a post on there with links and stuff to that. And then um, I did get a, an email the first time anyone's emailed us through Retro Game Core. Usually they, they contact me through either my personal email or more often Facebook. And uh, they were just telling us we were doing a great job. And uh, we're really excited to hear about Skies of Arcadia. And I wrote them back. And, yeah, guy, if you're listening, it's been so long I've forgotten your name. But thanks for writing in. It was really cool to see. I was like, what is this? Because, like, I didn't even recognize it. It said, like, no reply from GoDaddy. I was like, uh-oh, something happened with our website. I thought maybe I forgot to, like, make a payment or something. And they canceled the site. Mm-hmm. But no, it was it was actually an email from a fan, so that was cool, and not one of the ten ten of you that actually normally, uh, you know, is uh, in correspondence and actually writes and stuff. It was a new new person, so that was really cool. Uh, so sorry I forgot your name, but be sure to write back in, and maybe I'll remember it next time. Um, oh, also, did you ever send uh, the prize off to? Um, gosh, El- was his name Elmer? I can't even remember. Elmer Gilbert, I believe his name is, yeah. and Affirmative. I sent it out actually fairly recently. I was going through my stuff, and uh, I was communicating with him to see what systems he had just to make sure uh, you know, I didn't send him something he couldn't use. Cool. And he did get something, so he should, he should be getting it actually early this week. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So if he's listening, he, he, he knows that he'll get that soon. Yeah, I, I found an extra copy uh, for this month's prize of Final Fantasy IX. Um, so that's actually a, a pretty good prize, I think. You know, great fucking game. So anyone listening that wants to try and win a copy of Final Fantasy IX, go to our uh, our webpage on either Twitter or Facebook or whatever. Uh, or even even an email. I will accept an email if you send an email through Retro Game Core. Just send an email to at RetroKel or even at GoodBuddyJames at gmail.com. Um, <clears throat> we'll, uh, we'll put you in for a potential winner of a prize this month. That will be a copy of Final Fantasy IX. A physical copy that I found an extra of. And I was like, ooh, it was cheap. And I was like, this will make a great prize for the podcast. So something good for anyone uh, that comments this month. Uh, gosh, I'm out of just chit-chat, I think. I mean, there's plenty of other stuff we can talk about. We can talk about the friggin' debacle that was the SNES Classic that did the... Did you manage to get one, James? I did not, because they opened pre-orders at, like, 3 a.m. or something ungodly on the West Coast. Or it was sometime I was asleep, and then it was over and done within, like, less than 10 minutes, so... I have not, but I have read and been assured that they are going to have um, like 0.8 million available uh, the day of the release, so September 29th. Um, Toys R Us will not be uh, doing any pre-orders, so their entire stock will be available. Um, I probably shouldn't be saying this because now I have competition. No, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Their entire stock will be available, though, September 29th, so it's a Friday. I might take that day off just so I can get there, although Nintendo's 
assured that there there shouldn't be a shortage. Everyone who wants one, you know. Yeah, I think they they're... claim. You know, we don't know. <sighs> they say you should produce a bunch, dude. Um, but um, my, I'm skeptical. My thought is eight million isn't nearly enough. There's, it's gonna be the holiday. I don't understand. I mean, if, if you're doing pre-orders, pre-orders. If you're if you're doing pre-orders, just orders, and that's how many you're gonna ship. Plus, yeah. you know, of course, some that go into the stores. But why, why set a cap? Although I did, you read recently that they're bringing back the NES Classic right. due to popular demand. So maybe Nintendo, maybe Nintendo. I think it's Nintendo of Japan is setting these quotas or these numbers. Maybe Nintendo of America finally is like, hey, you know, scalpers are still making a killing on our product. Like, why don't we try this again? I think why we aren't we making the money? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I it was mind-boggling because yeah the way they handled the classic it was like obviously I mean people were paying three hundred dollars for a little box that had thirty games on it granted yeah you could hack it and you could put all the games you wanted on it but you could do that before with uh, Raspberry Pi for a fraction of the money you know mm-hmm. and put all kinds of other systems on there as well and then you could 3d print or have a buy you know you could make your own that was infinitely better but yeah because it was in a box that was stamped by nintendo and everything people really wanted it and boy did they were willing to pay out the ass for it so if nintendo just released you know 10 times as many and they charged twice as much they would have sold obviously and um yeah, that's all they need to do is just make these things infinite. Just like the uh, the Sega one, you know, I'm looking up, I've got the Sega Classic Game Console, and they've re-released that thing, like, I don't even know at this point how many times. Or the Atari flashbacks, they're up to, like, 15 or something. No one gives a shit, but you see them all the time at, you know, your Dollar Generals, your Targets. They're just everywhere. And Nintendo could have done the same thing, except they would have actually sold, and they didn't. So, yeah, maybe they finally just opened their eyes, and they were like, this is potential money that we're losing. And, yeah, I'm hoping to get one of both of those things. More of the Super Nintendo. The NES, I'm not all that excited about, but the Super Nintendo, it being the first official release of Star Fox 2, that really piques my interest. I mean, the other games on there are incredible as well, don't get me wrong. But, um... I really want it for that Star Fox 2, and the collector in me wants to have one on the shelf as well. Even though I don't have any fucking room on the shelf, I still want it. Um, I'll find room, James. I'll sell my copy of Golden Tea up here. Yeah, I've got I've got some silly shit that I could get rid of. Rid of. Maybe maybe that'll be a gift for a listener at some point. I have a plug-and-play Golden Tea complete in box. The thing is as big as like a PlayStation 2. It's ridiculous. Anyway. Um, yeah, that. I think just to, to further comment on the S, NES Classic and NES Classic, um, I think if they you know produce these for a year or so, and then they could probably come out with you know the NES Classic Part Two or Two, oh, yeah. which has thirty new games, and they would have all those same people probably flock right back out and pick up another one. Same thing with the SNES Classic, you know. I I do think Part they would Two. Do it. Everything. I think they could do a Game Boy, a Game Boy Advance, a Game Boy Color, a DS, you know, N64, not so much. They'd really be stretching to get 30 games out of the N64. Um, I'm sorry, N64 lovers. Uh, your system it was okay. There are some great titles on it. I can count the great titles 
on both hands and not have to, you know, go to my toes. I, I honestly think the Sega CD has a better library than the N64. Like, outside of the two Zeldas, Ogre Battle, and then, like, it, to me it's stretching. I don't love Mario 64, but that's pretty good. Uh, Mario Kart's the best version of Mario Kart, in my opinion. And it goes downhill pretty quick after that. I mean, you've got Mission. Well, what you'd have to do with the, N- the N64 is focus on four-player games. Like, put all the Mario parties. Right. Put GoldenEye, put, you know, Mario Kart and all the sports games that can mm-hmm. have up to four players. But then you got to have those controllers. You know, those controllers... Um, the joystick is not no no good. So yeah, and you have to come with four. Yeah, or either that, or you have to you know come with two, and you can buy two more. But those things would not be cheap because no. um, they were not cheap when they came out, and they break easily. So they'd have to you know reinvent those, and it would be it'd be costly. But that would, I think that'd be the way they could sell it is the party machine. Yeah, I mean that's what the N sixty four was. Actually, play multiplayer in the same room. Yeah, yeah, because it was the. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like the first system that just came with four ports right on the front of the damn system, right? Cause yeah, first yeah. popular one. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because before that, it was always two, and you would have to buy, like, for the Genesis, the four score. I don't know if you remember, there was a couple of games that actually had, on the Genesis, uh, ports that were on the game itself that you would plug into. There was, like, a Pete Sampras Tennis or something that... Had yeah, I think, you remember, I think I've seen those. But yeah, I, mean, I never owned. No one owned those in my no. you know circle of friends. No, so no, no one owns them now except for weird collectors. Like who's gonna play that? That's trash. Yeah. But, but yeah, and then yeah. you know the the NES had one and the Super NES had one. But the games that utilized them were few and far between, and you had to buy all this extra shit to get them to work. And then the N sixty four came out. And, and it just had those four ports, and I remember thinking, well, who would ever want that? And then it was like the party machine, like you said, especially with Mario Party, Mario Kart, uh, Diddy Kong Racing, I believe, was also four-player. And then, like, GoldenEye, you could do a... That was four-player, right? It seems like it was. You could do a four... Yeah, you could do oh, a yeah. screen. Yeah, you could do that. I've, I've wasted many of the weekends playing GoldenEye with my friends. Yeah, it's just been 20 years for me, and I was a little... You're a little younger than I am. I was a little old for it, Uh like by that point i i was playing like final fantasy 7 i was big into you know the rpg scene and like first person shooters were in their infancy with like doom and stuff like that and they they all seemed the same to me so whereas i did play them on occasion i wasn't as uh into them as a lot of other people were you know i fell more into the rpgs and the uh, fighting game era i was huge on uh played everything infinite on that street fighter 2 especially in all its incarnations yeah yeah so that's about it for the gaming world and uh oh yeah well um (laughs) what is the name of the damn podcast james (laughs) the name of the podcast is it worth it yeah hello everyone and welcome yet again to another edition of is it worth it the second most failed podcast on the internet i'm your host blaine jay and with me as always my co-host, Mr. James Mulholland. Yes, yeah, second most failed. We're coming for you, guys. We're coming. <laughs> yeah, we're getting... Uh, we're slacking a bit. First time we've ever been late on a show. Again, listeners, sorry. And, uh, and furthermore, I'm sorry this show is probably not going to be up to snuff. It's just... 
it's just not. Uh, like I said, to, to remember this stuff, I'm going to have to be re reading off a teleprompter. But the, the game is Skies of Arcadia. It, it, we did a first show on it. Um, I'm sure most of you, if not all of you listening, listened to the first one first. And um, heard about the mechanics of the game. You know, James and I went over it. Uh, some of the systems on the game and stuff like that. And uh, it's a... Uh, it's an RPG, JRPG, and it's, as we said in the first game, it's very, very good. Uh, I don't think there's any denying that. And then James and I said, you know, that we'd get into the story a little bit on this episode. Uh, unfortunately, neither one of us managed to play through the game due to circumstances. Uh, me with working infinite and James being a new dad and coaching and school and everything. We're just both very busy guys and a 50-hour RPG is somewhat hard to do uh you know certain months we might be able to do it a little although i do plan to finish this so maybe maybe we'll have like a you know three months from now we'll revisit this and just oh, talk sure. about how it all came together or something recap like that. or something yeah because yeah, i never got bored of the game intro. uh I, I never got bored no. it was more it was more like well i don't have time right now and then i put it down briefly to allow you to catch up and I thought well I'll, I'll start playing it next week and then next week came and it also brought that damn uh, Hurricane Harvey or whatever it's fucking name was and uh, yeah Harvey Keitel moved through uh, Texas just beating stuff up with his wang and yeah and yeah like I said the rest is, is history I've, it's, it's been a really rough month uh, all around mm-hmm but anyway, um, to get into the storyline of this game, you play as uh, air pirates, as we mentioned. Uh, there's kind of it's kind of a weird world. It, within this world, it's like every everything is on an island, but these islands are floating midair. And I think we got into that a little bit in the first one. And you play as this character named Vise, or I think it's pronounced Vise or Vase, uh, V Y S E, and he's uh, he's an air pirate. And the story opens up with this young Sylvite woman named Fina, and she's sailing through the night skies on this little tiny. It kind of looks, it kind of looks like a uh, uh, a Segway, but it flying through the sky. It doesn't look like something you would use for a long journey. It looks more like something you would use to go to the supermarket and back. But here she is flying on it, and behind her there's this big ship. And it's in, like, hot pursuit of her. And the, the guy that's in pursuit of her is named General Alfonso. And he's been ordered to capture her. And he opens fire on her tiny ship. And it plummets down into the earth. And uh, brings her onto the warship. And, gosh, let's see. If I'm reading... Man, you remember a lot. Oh, yeah, you're reading. I was going to say, I'm reading Jesus, it. how do you remember this stuff? Yeah, I don't. I was just going through trying to know the guy's names. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dine. Yeah. Dine, okay. But um, somehow... D-Y-N-E? Yeah, yeah. Uh, somehow she gets saved, right, at this point by Vise? But I don't remember how that happened. The villain. The villain, or are we talking about the hero? The hero, yeah, because he saves her somehow, but man, it doesn't say in the synopsis, but I remember... His, uh, his dad's ship's chasing the ship, and they board because they're, 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 they're air pirates, right? But there's two right. types of air pirates. The good, like the Robin Hood type of air pirate, yeah, the blue and there's like the evil type of air, air pirate. Yeah, the blue and, and the black. They board, yeah, the blue and the black, no the blue. Right. And then they board the ship, uh, not specifically looking for her, 
right. correct? Just looking for like loot to steal from the uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Uh, what they call the Empire, right? And then they they um, the ship and climb a bunch of ladders, and then <laughs> you, then you find you know her and she's asked for your help, but kind of a Obi Wan Kenobi type situation, right? Not Obi Princess Leia type situation, same, I guess. Same, and, yeah. Yeah, and that's where you take her. Yeah, that's right. And and then like the the, the guy, the commander of the ship, like orders the ship's like self destruction or something like that. Doesn't give some like asinine command as mm-hmm. he like leaves the ship, right? And then the, which is addressed later on um, yeah, when he goes back to his high command. It's that uh, it's that jerk off that's like you don't know yet, but he's one of the x amount of generals. There's like. Mm-hmm. Kind of like in like if you've played Lunar or or Final Fantasy Two, you've got the four fiends uh, in Final Fantasy Two with like yeah, exactly what I thought of. Yeah, uh. it's like in this game, there's what six generals or something. I can't remember exactly. Oh gosh, I think so. And they all look really cool. They're like the yeah. individual sprite work is like really great. Yeah, looking forward to getting you know to fighting them later on. And yeah, and you you end up fighting them one by one it's like there's there's alfonso i think his name is is this first one that we fight here and he's like the most inept of them he's like this pretty mm-hmm. boy like prince type that uh you know long blonde hair very debonair looking or whatever but doesn't want to get his hands dirty when you go to fight him instead yeah. of him fighting you he sends his pet and you fight this big, like, rhinoceros type thing, you know, this big beast looking thing. And, and he, like I said, he doesn't fight at all. And, uh, yeah, then it's not now, but later on, there's a cutscene with all the different generals, and it goes through them name by name. And there's, like, Alfonso, and then there's the chick that's, like, uh, uh, she's the one that comes up next battle wise she she uses like disguises and stuff uh she tricks you in the desert area that she's uh your friend but she ends up being your foe then there's the little like nerdy bradyac guy that's like in that suit with the looks like an astronaut's helmet or something on and he looks real goofy but he's like good with airships and computers and stuff and the other ones I, I tend to forget because I, I don't think I ended up fighting those. Uh, there's the one main guy who's like complete badass. Uh, I don't know how to describe him. He's got a full beard and he's like the general and he's the one that I told Ooh. you the train scene, which I assume you got to where I was just like, oh, this is cool. Um, anyway, to get back on the storyline, let's see. Uh, yeah, you see... Pirate Island. Yeah, yeah. You take her, uh, Fiona, to Pirate Island, which is like this island that's got, you know, a town on top, but then inside of the island itself is like a hidden system of caverns where the pirates hide their ships and they're able to also hide themselves and their activity and such. And, you know, everything goes on up top uh, to trick the Empire into thinking that's just a small little village so they get left alone when in fact it is the main base for the Blue Pirates. And your dad is the leader of the Blue Pirates and this is the first time in the game that we're introduced to 
unreasonably long ladders. There's one in the middle of town that you can climb all the way to the top to to get like a single treasure chest. And it'll take you a good, I'd say a full minute to climb all the way to the top of this thing. It is unreasonably big. Um, and that's kind of a, a general thing they do with the game. Again, we, we mentioned this last time, but it's like... It's like to artificially lengthen the game, they have like ladders like that. Or even some of like, even that like underground pirate headquarters is yeah. like unnecessarily big. Like you have to walk forever to get through that thing. Yeah, really. And it could, they could have condensed it and, you know, saved space on the, you know, the CD for... My my thought was maybe maybe it is to make it a, a, a like like longer like you say because this is the era where they started doing the whole bullshit you know this came out in what two thousand two thousand one this is where they were starting to do the whole thing where RPGs were super popular and they had to have it printed on the box you know you know fifty hours of gameplay or a hundred hours of gameplay the more that the bigger that number was the more likely you were to sell it you know uh people were looking to make one purchase um you know every few months or whatever because games are pricey and then have that one game last them for you know all summer or whatever it was Mm -hmm. you know as opposed to you know you would buy your fighting game and you'd master it in a weekend and then not want to ever play it again um you wanted more bang for your buck, so they, they kept coming up with ways to yeah, artificially inflate it. But my thought was less that they were trying to make it longer and more that they were like uh, trying to show off the fact that, that the Dreamcast could handle these big rooms with these like huge 3D environments. Because prior to this, uh, you had, you know, like Super Mario 64 showed off a little bit of the 3D environments and the type of things that they could do. But that was really the only title from the PlayStation um, era, you know, the PlayStation slash N64 era that I can think of that was 3D that was that big. And surprisingly, it's one of the first ones and they did it right, right off the bat. But even though 3D was like big in that era, a lot of those games, I'm, I'm looking at you, Croc, I'm looking at you, Crash Bandicoot, you know, they were quote unquote 3D, but they didn't explore like upward space all that much, even like things like o- Ocarina of Time, like they were 3D in one sense, but you really couldn't go like up infinite or down infinite. And they were really showing in this game, you could go up for fucking forever and, you know, then have to climb all the way back down. So I thought they were trying to show that off. It was more of like, a, you know, them saying, hey, look what we can do. But maybe not. Maybe you're right. And they were just like, hey, you know, you've got to play this an additional five hours because of all the fucking climbing you're going to be doing. So, yeah either way but yeah um so you take her ass to pirate island and she's amazed by just like mundane things because she's never seen these type of things uh think uh look god what was her name from lunar 2 that you know she'd never never interacted with humans and stuff uh lucretia or whatever her name is from lunar 2 um I mean, it's a it's a often used trope, but um, where they have the girl that's never been around humans and she's so innocent, yeah. and yeah, it's like kind of like that, and like everything is new to her, and and she's interested in everything from like babies to animals and all this stuff. She's she has makes comments on and stuff, and uh, 
Yeah, you, you show it around, and then while you're showing around the island at one point, I think you climb up said ladder, and you see a moonstone fall onto a, a neighboring island uh, called Shrine Island, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And the moonstones, as we mentioned previously, are these things that fall from the moons. There are six moons in this world. Each one is a different color, and sometimes rocks fall from them, kind of like, you know, we, we get debris from the moon and Mars and all the different astral bodies that are relatively close to the Earth. We'll occasionally get items fall for, from them uh, to Earth, and it's the same, much the same here, except that when a moonstone falls to Earth, uh, these stones have magical powers, and they're used for things like powering the airships or casting spells or doing all kinds kinds of cool badass shit and so you see one fall to earth and because they're kind of rare you all decide collectively that you're gonna go and get that and so you got grab up a little like schooner which is not your dad's ship but it's like this little smaller ship and you you go to the island and with your buddy with your friend what's her name uh gosh lambda burst uh lambda burst yeah <laughs> i think her name's akia yeah, you're with her like most of the, well, as far as I've been playing the entire she game. She is I'm... with you the entire game. She's the only character okay, that well, never you. leaves. All right, there you go. You and Vise are throughout the whole game. Uh, Fiona's at the start here. Of course, you lose, lose her temporarily towards the beginning of the game. She comes back. She may leave again later. I'm not sure. And then uh, one day. Drachma, he's there. And then he leaves and comes back. Uh, and then there's a couple other characters later on. Um, gosh, I can't remember them all. But, uh, yeah. I haven't gotten to it, so. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, my memory is fucking shit, so I'm trying to read off of this. You're doing fine so far. Oh, thank you much. Um, we're, at, we're at Shrine Island, and if you think if you think uh, Water Temple from Zelda Ocarina of Time, you're thinking Shrine Island. A little bit. Um Water? Not, not, yeah, not as bad. Not as bad. <laughs> Same type of premise. We got you know different levels, and you got to fill water up and yes, yeah, you move around. You got to. But the thing about this, as opposed to like the Zelda thing, where you, it's you have to go back and forth. If I it's remember playable. right, yeah, it's like yeah. on this, it's very linear. You like you you go around the circle. You go light up those different whatever they are, and then you lower the water level, and you just continue down until you get through the entirety of the dungeon. You don't have to like backtrack and like raise it back up and do all this bullshit. So it's it's very easy, but yeah, it is a along the same lines, the theme wise. And gosh, I don't remember exactly what happens. I I, I know you find the moonstone, but I, aren't you not able to get to it? I can't remember. I don't think you actually get the mm-hmm. moonstone, right? You, I think you get it. And then you, do you? Fight, you fight a uh, sentinel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think you. I think you do. Gosh, and then you fight. Um, yeah, you do. You do. You, yeah. This the sentinel. I don't remember what the heck the sentinel was. On the on the ship, you fought that weird rhinoceros thing. Yeah. So the sentinel. Gosh, I have no memory of what it looks like, but I guess it doesn't matter. No, um, I, I just remember it being a really easy fight. You know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, do. Everything about this temple here, or shrine, felt really breezy, easy. I remember just like having no problems with it at all. The enemies were easy to defeat. Uh, one caveat I did mention again on the last um, podcast is 
do come back here later on um, so that you can get uh, Cupel's item because at this point Fiona is not a playable character if I remember right. Uh, you have to come back when she is so that Cupel, her little weapon animal friend, can uh, get an upgrade because mm -hmm. uh, he eats those shams and there is one here. And other than that, there's no reason to ever return to my knowledge. No. Um, I didn't know that. I got to go back and do that. I'm making yeah. a note. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Back to Pirate Island. Show off your new moonstone to all your friends. Is that what happens? <laughs> yeah, because I think this is where um, your dad gets kidnapped. I was going to say, way. doesn't the island get attacked while you're gone or some shit? Yeah, like you're heading back. Uh, I think so. Yeah, and the island gets and then, attacked, and then you try and yeah. confront... I think you try and confront the enemy in your little schooner, and then they um, knock you out of the sky, and you end up on uh, uh, Drachma's airship somehow, because he's going after that huge air whale, right? Whale, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Thank then he dumps you off at uh, he dumps you off at Sailor's Island, and then there you got to find uh, well. Yeah, we're, we're terrible at uh, remembering game, uh, stuff. Sorry, guys. Stuff. Yeah, we'll get it though. Um, Let's see. And for some reason, you have you know where your dad and everyone's been taken. Okay, no. According to this, like y you leave Pirate Island, but then you're shipwrecked by the legendary Archwell Rakan, and then they're rescued mm -hmm. by a callous but good-natured fisherman by the name of Drachma. And Drachma, like I yeah, said okay. before, this is, uh, gosh, call me Ishmael. God, what? Not Ishmael. What's his name in the... I should know this. My, my uncle is one of the foremost authorities on Herman Melville. He's actually written three published dick? books about Herman Melville. He has a foreword in he the current version of Moby Dick and I don't know uh, the main character's name in, Mo in the Moby Dick uh, Captain Ahab thank you god why couldn't I think of that um, yeah sorry I know my uncle isn't listening hell he's in his 90s now but uh, yeah sorry sorry Uncle Herschel um, yeah Captain Ahab he's basically Captain Ahab he's got a uh, he's really cool he's my favorite character He's uh, really defensively powerful. He's just this old crotchety man. He's got a hook for an arm, which is fucking badass. Uh, you can That's his weapon that you can get different replacement items for, which is really cool. So, yeah, he's my favorite. And uh, he's pretty pissed at you because uh, he saved your sorry ass rather than shooting this whale, which you learn later on actually uh, killed his daughter, and that's why he's after it. So... Yeah, but yeah, you you go to God. What did you say the name of the of the island was? Sailors Island. Yeah, something like Sailors Item Island. Sailors Island. Yeah. yeah. And this is like it's just a town full of different sailors. You can mm -hmm. buy upgrades to your ship for the first time here. Uh, this is where we get the uh, harpoon cannon. Um, this is where we first learn about that stupid system that's basically the exact same as uh, Ocarina of Time with the, god, I can't remember what they're called, the little spider guys. Uh, oh, yeah, the Skultolas, but the, yeah. I don't know what their version is in Skies. I can't um, remember what they were yeah, called. You gotta, find those, you gotta find those things all over, um, 
the game. Yeah, and you basically using shoot a little a radar shot. system or whatever. Yeah, it's basically the exact same. You use a hook shot to reel them in. They kind of look like the ghosts from Pac-Man to me. They're just these little things, and yeah, you, mm-hmm. when you get in their vicinity, you'll hear a little chime, and then you can like look around in uh, first-person mode and uh, find one, shoot it, and grab it up, and then you can trade these into a guy who has a little girl he saved with a bird, and you get items that way um, through him. And he feeds it to the birds. We don't know like what's going to happen with this whole thing. Something seems kind of shady about it. I don't know. I don't, it's, it's definitely don't weird. Him. I fed him, you know, through, in my playthrough this time, I fed him maybe 20-plus, something like that, and the bird got pretty damn big. Uh, so the bird mm. continuously gets bigger. And occasionally after you feed it so many, you get a little bit of storyline as to how he saved the girl and so on and so forth. So you're uncovering his and her story as you're feeding it more shit and you're getting items and all this stuff. So yeah, it's pretty nifty, but I I don't know that it's 100% necessary to finish the game. I don't think it is. It's just one of these side quest things that a lot of RPGs of the era did, still do, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's cool. It's fun to do. Uh but this is where we first learn about that system, and uh, this is where we first see future uh, crew members for our ship at the very end of the game as well. There's a guy kind of leaning against a wall, and uh, he says, I'm not interested in anything you have to say unless you have money. And I think once you get to the end of the game and you're able to recruit uh, ship members, he's one of the 20 or so people that you can recruit, and he costs you X amount of money to be able to get on your ship. Um, it's kind of like Suikoden when you're uh, gathering people for your town. In this game, when you get to end game, you get a ship that you can crew, and like I said, there's 20 or so different characters that you can uh, get to crew this ship. Uh, none of them are playable, but they all have different... Uh, things that they basically act as upgrades to your ship. I think there's like one that uh, puts an in on your ship, one that puts like, uh, you know, an armory, uh, different gunneries and stuff that you can get that'll upgrade the attack to your guns and stuff like that, if I remember correctly. So uh, they are people you want to get later. Yeah, it is a really cool system. Unfortunately, they don't like, they don't give it to you early enough in the game. You know, it's like Mm -hmm. because you don't get the ship that ultimately becomes your main ship until late, late in the game, you know, you're running on, uh, I think the name of the ship Drachma owns is called little Jack. Uh, it's referred to by everyone you come across. that talks about it as being like a, a very old ship. Um, much like, you know, the millennium Falcon is described as being a bucket of bolts, but it's actually very a competent ship. Uh, so is the little Jack. It's like this old fisherman vessel, but it's, uh, it's a lot more powerful than it looks on the surface. Um, and that's the, yeah, that's the ship that you run around for at least the first, I'd say, 30 hours of the game. <coughs> so get used to being on Little Jack. But yeah, Drachma, he saves you. He takes you to Sailor Island. You buy the harpoon cannon. And then you from here you move on to uh, the desert island, I think, isn't it? Well, there is another system that's introduced here okay. uh, that we should probably touch on uh there's a oh gosh i don't know what it what they have like wanted pirates that you can search the uh oh sure or and there's also like different i don't know if they're artifacts or if, I, I, the one i found was a floating island that i saw 
shoot by me and I like looked at it, searched it, and then I went and saw these people and they like bought the information from me. So I think you can buy information and sell information to them. And then there's the uh, the wanted people. So you become kind of a bounty hunter. So you yeah. know, they wanted to throw another no. system in there at you. Just so yeah, no. more to juggle in your head. Now you're, you're looking for things for the that girl's weapon. You're looking for skulltulas and you're looking for wanted pirates. You're looking for mystery islands and there's also another one i don't know if we talked about but the uh another guy wants you to like collect fish as you fly through the air and sell fish so there's all sorts of stuff to do in this game you can spend the whole game doing not playing the game just doing all this other stuff yeah 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 there's there's definitely a ton of side quests throughout the game uh and then there's also the uh the artifacts that that one guy is trying to get um in each of the uh, different areas, uh, like the first one, I think you, God, I can't remember his name, but you go to the Fire Island, the island with fire on it or whatever, and uh, you go to open a treasure chest, and you end up in a battle instead. And then when you beat him, you get this item, and then in the item description, it'll say like uh, an artifact searched after by the legendary um, artifact hunter, and then that guy's name that you just fought, and every time you find one of these treasure chests that he'll appear he gets a little harder um it's not an overly tough fight but it will take you forever because he's got like a ton of hp he kind of reminds me of a Siegfried from final fantasy 3 uh i think that's his name that keeps showing up to steal um treasure chests out from under you and stuff like that uh, I don't know ultimately what happens with that. If maybe you sell these artifacts to this hunter later on in the game or whatever like that. But yeah. And then as you said, there's this whole bounty hunter system where you go after these black pirates for the most part. And I only fought a few of these. I fought the first one, Blackbeard or whatever. And he was like really easy to beat. And then I fought one that was like real unique uh, as opposed to the other one that I fought there, Blackbeard that I remember anyway, um, where... He was a big... Did you fight this guy? He's like a big fat guy. And instead of attacking his ship, he actually boarded your ship. And he would like try and eat you. And he had a like a knife and a fork as weapons. And then when you beat him, uh, you just got like a bunch of upgrades to your ship. I did not. I did not run into this guy. Yeah, I don't know where I ran into him. But I was like, what is this? And then, oh, okay, it's another one of those battles. And then... Instead of like having the big airship battle like we talked about last time, it ended up just being an actual on on deck battle where we fought one on one, and he tried to eat my characters. I think he had some uh, some potion or something. I can't remember what that he could sprinkle on anything to turn it into food or something like that. I I don't remember. It was it was real silly. I remember that. You know, this game's got a lot of like tongue and cheek humor and stuff into it. You know, like. I don't know how to describe it, but it's good. It's like, it's serious, but it has these like weird moments like this too. So that, that was really nifty. And, and then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You go to, uh, the desert Island with Drachma. And, uh, at this point, Drachma's like, uh, sorry guys, I'm out. And he leaves you there by your lonesome, which is kind of shitty, uh, of him. But it, it, for me, I was like, okay, this makes sense. Because the whole time, I'm like, Drachma's complaining about having to take you around and how he saved you. And all he wants to do is catch this whale. And he doesn't really want to help you kind of thing. And I'm thinking, then why are you? Why are you sticking around for this whole adventure? 
um, when it sounds like you don't want to, and then, yeah, he doesn't. And he fucking, he says, okay, I got you this far, I'm out, and he leaves. It made sense to me. You meet up with uh, that chick, that the aforementioned chick that's like in disguise. She's disguised herself as a dancer and kind of woos, vies into uh, trusting her. And then she comes with you to a point. Uh, I can't remember. Is she a playable character? Does she fight alongside you? I don't remember. I don't think so. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think she does. No, I'm pretty confident, no. I think, yeah, she just... As far as I've gotten. I think she just waits outside for you, and you go through the desert temple, collect the item that uh, you're looking for. It's like a green moonstone. It's like one of six, I guess that are like these great moonstones that can be used to awaken these ancient uh, like enemies. Think um, Final Fantasy VII, all the weapons. It's kind of like that. They're these larger-than-life, huge-ass weapons that almost destroyed the world in the last, um, like, whatever incarnation. When the, you know, so the whole scenario where people became too advanced for their own good and they ended up almost destroying the world and then they hid away all the items that uh, controlled these giant beasts so that they would never be used again. This is the first of those six. The Empire is after them. You're trying to find them before the Empire can get them kind of thing. And this is the first one. And when you come outside, she's waiting for you, relieves you of said item, uses it to activate the first weapon like this emerald weapon and this is the first time that we have a truly epic battle with uh with the boat now you got this far right james yeah so what do you th- what do you think of that battle oh you just cut up i said what did you think of that battle <sighs> it was a little tougher at this point. Yeah. Um, I didn't have that Lambda Burst, or whatever that thing was called. <laughs> no, so no. you really start to have to utilize that system of spirit points. And, like, you know, you can't just have everyone do, you know, all their max stuff all at once. You have to, like, figure out, okay, I'm going to have this person either defend or, um, with not, not defend, but it's uh, focus. Focus so I can have more spirit points for this person to do a bigger um, attack later. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's getting, starting to get tougher. Yeah, uh, but I was, that you're talking about the boss of the desert level, right? I, I was talking about when you, yeah. I, I forgot about that there was even, in, because that was, that was tough. I, I can't remember what enemy that was that was the boss of that but when you come out and she takes the gem from you and you fight the the big green thing with the weird alien looking head and you're flying around it in the ship because remember drachma comes back oh yeah Dra- that where you have to use the um the 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 hook for the first time yes. or the uh the yes. thing like, yes yes yeah, the, the ship battle, like the first one I fought, I really enjoyed it. I was like, this is cool. And then the next, like, two or three I fought, I'm like, these are getting kind of repetitive. Because yeah, they're kind of long and kind of, like, not yeah, overly engaging. Yeah, and you're not engaging. using any skill, I feel like. It's just like, fight, fight, heal, heal, fight, fight, you know. Exactly. I don't know. Yeah, that, that whole system could have been infinitely better. Like, if they had... 
if they had just handled that like they did the rest of the game and it was fought more like a standard JRPG except you're in a vehicle, it would have been epic. Like the, the visuals on it are really good because you're flying around this thing that is this, like the size of a skyscraper and you're in this little jack ship and you're flying around and occasionally you'll get a cutscene where Drachma will save because like I said, Drachma comes back, he feels bad about leaving you kids there and he comes back to save you at the last moment and uh, decide to help you attack this thing, this giant skyscraper thing. And yeah, you're flying around it and he'll say like, hey, we should try and shoot its legs or we should try and do this or that. And you eventually, you don't actually beat it right you actually just manage to shake Escape, uh, right well you shake the uh you you attack her ship and because she's in control of it you manage to destroy her and get her to stop it and get hand over the gym um mm-hmm. yeah so that's the instead of focusing your attention on the you know you waste a lot of time fighting and it's an epic battle but yeah, you can't actually, even though I felt like I probably could have beat it, because I fought it for a good 10 minutes, and it wasn't beating me. It was like, it would hit me for a buttload of damage, but then I'd just heal right back, and I had like infinite heals at this point, really. And then I would hit it for like maybe 300 damage or whatever it was with that big spear when it came around. So I was dealing it damage, it just it had so many hit points, it would have taken probably an hour and a half to lower it down all the way using that method. But I had the amount of items and magic that I could have done that. Um, or at least I feel like I could have. But it stopped you after a few, you know, 10 minutes or so, and it says maybe we should focus our attack on her instead and so you attack this general chick the chick that tricked you instead and um get the gym from her that way and that's kind of a theme something that you'll have to do uh for each each one that i fought anyway the next one i think maybe as far as i got um Mm -hmm. is the what was it the fire island i think after that that's where i got to got through Okay. Okay. So yeah, I got we 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 managed to get to about the same area. Um, no, I I got a little further than that. I got one more because I got to, let's see, I went through the fire and then I went through like the the jungle with the with the golden bird on the ground. Did you do that whole thing? That's where I'm like saved right now. Is the next right after okay. the fire cave? I kind of wandered a little bit, but I haven't gotten to the story or anything of it. Yeah, and I mean it's honestly like that's as much as. I don't know, James, that you, you sound like you're about the same place as I am. I think we've been talking about an hour here. We've probably done a show. But that's about as far as I got. Yeah. The next area is much the same. You you go and you're supposed to go through the, the fire item. There's this whole jungle. Isn't that where the fire is? The jungle tribe? Or is that... Yeah, that's the jungle tribe, right? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm mixing it up. I'm trying to think of what's outside of the area. Remember the fire cave or fire island? I mean, it's it's big. I'll tell you that. It's uh, the biggest thing we've seen so far in the game, and yeah. there's a lot of moving lava around. Oh, a lot of and a lot of um, like puzzles and stuff. You're rolling yeah. rocks and jumping on stuff. Yeah. Um, a whole other element of the game that we hadn't seen before really yet. More more puzzles. Yeah, is, is this the? I'm sorry that it's all mixed up for me listeners but there's an area where you go and there's like you have to walk over certain grates or else you'll fall through and stuff like that is that i can't remember 
Uh, but yeah, it's, it's much yeah, the we're... same. You go from area to area, you know, the fire area, and you defeat this guy, and you get the fire crystal. You have your big battle with the fire thing in your ship, and then you go to the next area, and the same thing. There, There's an area that I'm thinking of that as far as I got is the last area I went to is this area where you go and you help this um, jungle tribe. They don't trust you at first. You have to demonstrate to them that you're okay. There's another mess of blue air pirates that have uh, downed their ship in the jungle there. Um, and they don't have the, the means of leaving. They're trying to fix their ship. Uh, you help them out. Uh, by saving their dad from the confines of like this work factory that's like down the way where they're trying to they've got the jungle people working as slaves for moonstones and such very indiana jones like and yeah you, mm -hmm. you go and you save them in the big epic battle and then you're able to go to the next area and the next area gosh i, I want to say it's wind I, i'm not sure that's that's the next area i'm about to go to but like i said the story just kind of it, it, a lot of it blends together because it really is rinse repeat they do that a lot it's good it's just it's nothing to write home about you know what i mean it's not like mm -hmm. a story that you're going to remember for the ages and yeah other than that the only thing i want to mention is, is that one scene where um the general is coming after you on the train and he's just like slow terminator walking what did you think about that visually it was cool it freaked me out. Yeah, I love uh, that scene. It, it was the, yeah, the one time I felt real tension was during that scene. I was like, oh shit. You know, it was like, what happens if he catches me? Because he's already demonstrated he's infinitely more powerful than you could ever be. Anyway, guys, that's. I'm not feeling very well all of a sudden, so I'm going to have to cut it short, James. Um, why don't you tell him where they can reach us? Everyone leave. I have to poop. Now! Via Twitter is probably one of the better ways. Uh, RetroKill or Jamil Holland. Yep. Uh, my email, goodbuddyjames at gmail.com. Belmont at outlook.com. Yep. Um, we also have our website, which is retrogamecorps.com. Uh, all great ways. Or through the Facebook page. We post periodically there. And... Um, if you post, you may be given a prize later on. Yeah. Um, our next game, would you like to announce our next game? Want me to announce the next game? Yeah, you go ahead. It is Silent Hill 2. Yes, sir. It's a shorter game, so we should be able to get through it. Through it right? I hope. Yeah. yeah, and it's the month of October. Yeah. So we really had to play a horror game, and uh, that's the one that was chosen by you guys. So that's the one we're going to be doing. Um, great game. Looking forward to playing it. So until then, keep it retro, and we'll see you. I feel the rumbling inside me. 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 And you want to know why? Cause I gotta take a shit. Cause I gotta take a shit. Brotherly love comes from Philadelphia Brother on my ass cause I got big up in the yard Can I hear ya or feel ya? Rip my anal tissue when I got hemophilia Rich boys dropping your beamers Poor boys with the jade screamers Union motherfuckers drinking with the teamsters Care of the so
take a shit. Shit!